What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Real Reality Realness with Brian K. James, the podcast where I, your host, Brian, interview figures in music, reality TV, and pop culture about their lives, their perspectives, and their platforms. Join me five days a week as I get to know some of my favorite people through their points of view and their journeys to their personal greatness. Lock in while I clock in, because we are about to get into it. Alrighty, welcome and welcome back to the show. This is Real Reality Realness. I am Brian K. James, and I put the mess in the message. I am so excited to have this person on the show today. They're the creator and the CEO of Signal 23 TV, as well as one half of the Virgo gang, and I cannot wait to get to know him better. Ladies, gentlemen, and every gender or lack thereof in between, join me in welcoming to the show, Henderson Maddox. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Just as a, as almost a day off. It's a half a day off. I get to breathe <laughs> for today. So I'm, I'm a little excited about that. Nice. Well, hopefully we'll get you closer to the half a day off than the, than the half a day on. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you making some time in your schedule to take my call today. Thank you so much. Yep. What are you most looking forward to from 2023? Um, I think... Wow, that is a good question because... The business side of me would say growth and watching growth because I think every year we grow um, and I think that so much happened for me last year that it was like oh, it's about to be amazing um, and it's already been amazing you know we're only in you know in March um, so I think definitely the growth, I'm always looking forward to the growth and looking at, you know, life is a journey and it's a forever journey. We're always on this path and learning so much about ourselves, about others, um, and about life. So I think just that, I guess the, the word that sums it all up is just growth. It's just trying to figure out, you know, looking at everything and showing how much I'm growing. I'm a big uh, advocate for people growing. And holding yourself accountable does a difference than just existing in life and just realizing, oh, but like, you know, actually setting goals and stuff, you know, and holding yourself accountable to like, how am I going to up what I did last time? How am I going to make this better? You know, how am I going to make them like, oh my God, you know, and keep my audience and, and you know, my fans and everybody like in awe in, in, in my work and my creativity. <clears throat> Absolutely. What did you look? What did you look most forward to leaving behind in 2022? 
Emotions for old relationships. Um, but yeah, just I guess just you know how sometimes when I mean I very public two public very public relationships in the last six years. Um, I was engaged in the last one, and um, I think that dating someone publicly is very difficult. Um, and I think people on the outside, they just think that it's fine. You, you signed up for it, but it's just, you know, I'm definitely in a place to where it doesn't matter. Um, I, my relationships are public because, because, you know, what's around me is like me having a public relationship or sharing somebody with the public is my way of giving them reassurance, you know what I'm saying? And letting them, you know, backing them up on, you know, what's, you know, holding stand to our relationship. So okay. I think it, relationships don't work out. It's a whole process you have to go on, you know what I'm saying, to unwind from that person or that situation. So I think for the most part, uh, going into this year, I was really able to, because I my relationship ended at the top of 2022, really. So it literally took a whole year to look, be able to withdraw, to deal with the fans, and deal with people saying, oh, but I loved y'all together. Oh, I hope y'all work it out. And honestly, I, I went out, we had a performance last weekend and somebody was like, oh, I'm so happy to be your husband. And baby, I ain't never get married. He was just engaged. And it's been and we've been broken up for a whole year. But that's how that that's what happens. That's, yeah. But you know, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't make me mad or angry or whatever. You know, I didn't even say nothing to the dude. I just let him assume what he wanted to assume. Cause sometimes it's for the best. Because if you say something different and make me trying to holler and I ain't trying to have it. So it's like, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> So like, oh, this changes things. How you doing? <laughs> you look great. No. Like saying anything, like I said, not bashing anybody, or bashing my ex or anything. But I think that when uh, being a Virgo, uh, we love hard and oh, same. For us to be able to uh, detach ourselves from somebody, it takes time. Um, and I think mm -hmm. we have to be able to do that to me. I'm free and I'm single and I've like I've been like this is probably the happiest I've been and this is no this is not a a, a, a a shot at anybody you know but it's just uh you know being at a place to where I kind of get to know me and uh love myself you know what I'm saying and you know focus on my work my creativity relationship is hard it's a lot of it's a lot of hard fucking work so being able to not have to worry about a relationship and just focus on work and career Oh, it's, it's amazing. I, I absolutely feel where you're coming from. I absolutely feel where you're... Yes, sir. I feel where you're coming from. Mm, all right. God bless the kids. Um, <clears throat> if I asked you to introduce yourself to my audience and tell the people who don't know you who is Henderson Maddox, what would you say? Henderson is uh, a Georgia boy, native to Atlanta, proud native of Atlanta, Grady baby, um, record till I die. Um, 
raised by um, the music and the sounds uh, of the South um, throughout the 90s and the 2000s. Um, music has been a big part of who I am as me getting in touch with my emotions and me growing, um, me expressing myself. Um, and it's ironic that we're, I'm actually going because I never saw this happening. But music has been a big part of me, um, as well as, you know, television has been a big part of me. Um, uh, I was a, uh, some people are mama's boy, I was a grandma's boy. My grandma was my best friend. Um, and I'm just, I'm a businessman. I am a Virgo. Um, that should say enough. That should, you know. Period. As a Virgo, I get it. <laughs> you know, uh, I am a Virgo. I'm a king. Uh, and I am um, very passionate about my work um, and um, the message that I push in that way. Okay. So, keeping with the music for just a second, when did music go from just a personal love for you to a passion for you to chase? Well, I mean, I guess the start of it is, okay, so the start of my film career was starting music videos. So that's, I think, a part of me, um, but part of me is kind of music videos. Um, you know, doing music videos. But as far as me professionally, you know, saying this is what I want to do and being a rapper, I think that I can contribute that to my engagement party, ironically. So for my engagement party, <laughs> uh, we our engagement party was a versus battle. So basically, and it wasn't like a karaoke versus battle. I went into the studio, my ex went to the studio, and um, we both recorded 20 songs. And they were most of them were covers. And so we went hit for hit against each other. Um, and in that experience of having to recreate all of these songs, and the songs basically all kind of expressed our love for each other, like in a sense too. So um, doing all those songs and being all these different kind of stepping into all these different artist shoes and how this related to my love and my love for him, like we were in the studio for like a good month. You know what I'm saying? And I loved it. I fell in love with it. And you know, it was the engagement party happened. It was it was phenomenal. Uh, people still message every day. It's on Tubi right now. People message every day talking about it. That's why people still can be together. But um, but it was done. <laughs> and it was over with. And so what ended up happening was um, Brandon, uh, me and Brandon have known each other for a while, but I think we really started hanging out after my last breakup, breakup we really started like hanging and tough. And so I just told him, it started off with him doing the song because we have these fans um, to where whenever we he go live, I go live, they say, oh, uh, can you do the thug shake or, you know, say thug shake or something. I'm like, what is this damn thug shake or whatever? And it's just so crazy. And it's all these, these, these teenagers from like Iraq, India, Canada, uh, all over the world. Like, it's not just, you know what I'm saying? Like this one group. So I told Brandon, I said, what? I said, you need to do a song called Thug Shake because I, because they're really, 
majority of them, I feel like I say they're his fans that have just kind of gravitated to me because we're cool and because he's had shows on my network. So then they get to know me and I kind of get swept up into that too. But I was like, so I told him to do a song called Thug Shape. And I was like, I ain't no rapper. I was like, don't worry about it. I get my cousin to write the rapper or whatever. I think it's cute. We should just do it, put it on TikTok or whatever. And so in the midst of it, I was like, damn, I was like, when I, when I heard, when I found the beat for it, and I was talking to my cousin about what to write in the rap. I was like, damn, I was like, I need to verse on this to Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's how kind of it kind of started. And that's literally how the Virgo game started. And we did, we were, we were never supposed to do more than one song. So we did that one song and we were supposed to do it last summer. And we was like, it's gonna go viral on TikTok because all our fans gonna make it go viral and that's gonna be it. And it's gonna be one thing that, you know, we can say to our grandkids. One time we was a rapper and, um, <laughs> song we enjoyed it we liked it um so we did a second one um that was we outside and um we started as funny because this is brandon calling right now but um but um we started uh getting booked for like pride and stuff and performing so then there was a whole another situation a whole other energy like now we we perform it. And so um it kind of sprouted to us now we are almost finished with our album we did a Christmas EP, a whole Christmas EP out. Um, mm -hmm. Christmas. So now we are finished on our album and the music is so good. Some of the stuff is just, it's, I'm excited. I'm excited, I'm excited by it. We just shot a video for uh, our last cover that we're gonna put out before we put the album out. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how we got where we are. And for me, music is, and it's funny because I, Somebody said something to me the other day, and it was like, "Oh, you know, your know, music is cool, but you know, you know, people don't really make it as gay artists and talk about gay stuff or whatever." And I was thinking, "What's up, you know, but I, bro, I'm doing this shit for fun. I'm gonna talk about whatever the fuck it is I want to talk about because I'm not chasing a record deal. I'm doing this because I am literally this is my this is my my relaxation. This is my fun. This is my happy place. This is my zone. This has become." part of Henderson doing something that he needs to do something other than film to make him happy. And this is what that is. So there's no, you know, of course, you know, I love people loving the music or whatever, but there's no, you know, mandatory situation for, you know, me to get a record deal or for us to do this or that. If it happens, it happens. In my head, if, and it's just bad I say this, because in my head, it was only gonna be one song. But in my head right now, we're gonna do this album and then we're gonna retire and it's gonna be over with and that's it. <laughs> but we'll see how we'll see how it happens and and, um, and what goes. Y'all are turning into the city girls real quick because they was just supposed to do one song. They was just supposed to do fuck that nigga and call it a day. They they were supposed to do something for the streets and then next thing you know, QC gonna come calling. How this one song turned into a Christmas EP, which actually slapped, by the way, I must say. And <laughs> I must say. And then now y'all got a whole album going. Like, so what's T like? Are y'all like writing y'all own raps now? Like, I like, 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 is this Salt and Pepper? Like, it is like, like, so is the cousin like pinning the pinning? Like, what's going on here? Because this is exciting. Cousin, it's funny because my cousin hasn't wrote any more music for us. So we are working with uh, Rico Castanet, who's always been a good friend of mine. Um, yeah. 
Eris Jordan, who uh, is an actor, rapper, model. Um, he's been a good friend of mine for some time. But me and KJ, we go way back. Uh, shoot, KJ was in one of my first gay shows. He was in Still River, my first, the first version of Still River that I did way back in uh, 2013. So, uh, so yeah, KJ and Rico uh, are helping us write. I write a little bit. Well, I ain't gonna say, I, I guess I underestimate myself. I write, but it's like, I need them to start it. And then a lot of times, they'll write a whole version and I go change it because like, I I don't know how to like, of course I used to do poetry and stuff in high school, but I haven't gotten to the point to where I, I'm confident enough to where I can just listen to a beat and know where I'm supposed to start rapping and where I'm supposed to stop rapping and how many bars this is. I don't know all that. So usually what happens is, if they write the verse, sometimes they talk about shit that is not uh, who Henderson is or not who or like CEO because that's who that person, that persona is. It's not who CEO is. And I'll literally count the syllables. Like, how many syllables is this? What's the last word needs to rhyme with? And I'll rewrite line by line. So I have done a lot of writing, um, you know, um, but for the most part, they come in and... But I think it's a very collaborative effort. I mean, Brandon does the same thing. Go um, write a verse for Brandon, and Brandon will come and change it and switch some words up, or whatever, to make it, you know, who he is and to fit in. Nice. I love that. That's fun. I love that for you. Go off. Now, talk to me about television and film. What was the piece of media that turned you into a filmmaker? Oh, Jesus. Um, I, I guess if I had to say one thing, The Color Purple, if I had to name one movie, The Color Purple, um, Color Purple was one of my, and this goes back to my grandma, one of my grandma's favorite uh, movies, but I didn't realize until she died where I got my gift to write and my desire to film. Because when I was, when I was, Primary in high school, I used to want to be uh, a doctor. I want to be a brain surgeon. I want to be a neurosurgeon. Like, uh, email address in high school was brain surgeon 2000. At you know what I'm saying? And um, I was involved in some development at school, but it was elective. You know what I'm saying? And so I just kind of like, I got to a point where I realized I didn't want to be a doctor no more. I got my first seat in high school. And I was like, no, I'm not about to cut nobody's head. Like that's saying this maybe this is not what I want. It was AP biology. I was like, maybe this is not what I want to do. And I spent so much time in TV production and I was like, I really think this is a possibility of what I want to do. And I remember somebody at Kent Child School that went to full sale, the school I went to, full sale university. And I just started to like go on a whirlwind. But I grew up off of Little House on the Prairie. My grandma watching her soap operas. She watched all the Chuck Norris movies or whatever. And so my story, my storytelling and my creativity came from that. Those were the stories that raised me to be the type of writer that I am. You know, and then that's my like, um, look, you know, watching the work of Shonda Rhimes and you know, and John Singleton and you know, um, and people like that has really kind of molded me, you know, to the type of writing and, you know, the dramas and stuff that I could produce. But I mean, I guess if I had to say anything, it was a color purple. If you say one piece of media, it was color purple. That, okay. Probably the one that just made me, you know, I always kind of think about. Okay. Talk to me about your creative process and 
what goes into you writing the shows that you create? I feel like the opportunity I need sometimes because I'm, <laughs> I'm writing a love story right now and I am experiencing love right now and I'm just like, like this is... Art is imitating life right now. It's always that. It's always that. It's all. It is always that. When I write, I'm always writing from my heart. I'm writing from either things that I've been through, or things that I put myself in a situation. I say, Well, Henderson, what would you do? What would this look like if you experienced this? If you experienced this situation, what would it look like? Um, I like right now, if you see my to-do list, like I literally, I'm supposed to have like 450 pages that was supposed to be written like last Friday. Um, don't ask me how many pages I read. But, well, <laughs> I, I do under pressure, um, but I don't force myself to do I don't force myself to write. I'll write notes down, I'll come up with different stuff and I'll, you know, I have a little journal and I'll keep everything on my uh, Google Doc. And when it's time to write, to write. And it's funny because I was trying to write today. I didn't get nothing out. I was watching Carrie Washington's new show. But uh, but yeah, I don't force myself to write. It just it comes when it's supposed to come. You know, it comes when it's supposed to come. Now my ass better make it come in the next uh, this week, this next seven days. So I got some writing to get done. So I have everything outlined out. I know everything that's gonna happen second by second, minute by minute, you know, until the season finale. But I just gotta actually put the words on paper and just write it. So I'm gonna be doing that this week. I'm gonna be doing this this week. I've been really busy too with some other things. And so now that things like on Monday is our last day in the studio work on the album. So with that being coming to a close, and it kind of freed my mind up to focus more on, you know, Okay. What got you into music videos? I don't know who and why I told me that's what I had to do to be a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And doing music videos is not that I love music, but there was a part of me and I was looking at Little X and Hype Williams and um, all these other uh, music video directors back in the day, Eric White, um, people that you know, really don't, they're probably, they're probably doing commercial work like this. That's really, a lot of those music video directors made today are just navigating for commercial work because it's more money um, and it's easier. Um, but yeah, I was looking at them and you know I saw Hype Williams and how he did music videos and he did Belly. And I told myself, what, and it's crazy because I, I was also, I don't know if you know, I was a teacher for eight years. And I used to tell my kids, like, how do you climb a ladder? You climb a ladder one step at a time. And just meaning that you can't run up a ladder. You can't crawl backwards up a ladder. You really have to go up a ladder one step at a time or your ass will fall and you could possibly die. And I think life is like a ladder. And so you have to not only plan your steps, but you have to appreciate your small steps. So when I sat down and trying to figure out how is Henderson going to get to this Oscar, you know what I'm saying? If that's, you know, toward the end of the, you know, thing or the studio or whatever it is at the end, how's he gonna get there? And so I looked at, you know, you know, if you wanna be a doctor, you know, you gotta go to undergrad, you know, you gotta go, you gotta take the LSAT, you got I'm at the LSAT, you gotta take the MCAT, you gotta go to medical school, then you gotta do residency, then you gotta get a job, you gotta especially, it's a process. So I said, okay, how do you become a film director? 
So I was able to look at other people that look like me, brown people, and say, how did they do it? And Hype Williams was one of those people. He said, okay, I have the music videos. I would go music. It's a way I can get in, break in. Um, and that's kind of how I did it until I got tired of doing the rap. And I <laughs> Oh my goodness. I love that for you. So talk to me about the creation of Signal 23 and how that developed into the juggernaut that it's become in the web space. Um, so I was basically, when I graduated film school, after I got, kind of got tired of doing music videos, kind of funny because it's segueing into the next step. Um, I uh, wanted to, I was doing films. My first film, Five Days in A. Every year I would do a film. And because I was teaching one movie during the summer, edit it or whatever, put it out, have a premiere uh, or whatever it is, um, and and go to local theaters in Atlanta. And I was like, damn, I can do this around the world. You understand? Know or different cities, like, you know, go, you know, grassroots type situation. And I was like, I really So I looked at, well, one, how I came up with the idea first, uh, two people. Robin Givens and Tyler Perry. So Robin Givens is a really good friend of mine, um, like her older sister. And she was doing this project called The Forever Journey. And it was basically doing this, it was just a website that was just different blogs from different people. Nevertheless, she wanted to, we did a reality show with her son for it. And then I was coming to ideas like, oh, you know what? You should do a short film a month. And, you know, all these characters that you never got a chance to play, you know, we can all write the script, you know what I'm saying? And we'll do every month we'll do a short film. Obviously, I mean, you guys got this much shit going on. So that was never going to really happen how we wanted it to happen. Uh, I'll stop there on that portion. The other portion was me going with desire to wanting to do what I was doing in Atlanta on a larger scale and do it around the whole country and eventually around the world. I looked at Tyler Perry and how he basically carved his own lane you know what I'm saying, drove his own car and made Hollywood get his car. And that, instead of knocking on the door, like, hey, can I come in? Hey, can I pitch out this idea? And so so between working with Robin on, on her blog site and looking at Tyler Perry, I messaged together and I said, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. A YouTube channel. Start a YouTube channel. I'm going to do all type of content. Whatever I do, because I don't know who my audience is, but I need fans. I need audience, I need a place to where I can contact my audience, I can communicate with my audience, and I can, you know, see what they So I set out uh, one summer and I filmed literally the entire summer. It was days where I filmed for 72 hours straight without sleep. Um, I filmed 20 different shows. Only one of those shows was a gay show. The gay show was actually a show that I was asked to do a year prior, but I refused to do it because I was like, I'm not doing this gay shit. Like, because I didn't want to be branded as a gay director. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm transparent. I'm gonna keep it real. And I was like, I ain't doing <laughs> I wanted all types of shows. Like, I, I had a bedtime story show with a woman reading bedtime stories to kids. And Lord knows that that does not belong on Signal 23 today. But I had all types of shows, so I recommend. <laughs> out the, the the guys who wanted to do still wanted me to do still river direct still river. I said, hey, have y'all done the show? They were like, no, we haven't got done. I said, okay, well, I'll do it for free as long as it goes on my network. So that's kind of how Still River happened. And of course, obviously, Still River was the claim to fame as far as 
the still three becoming this LGBT house that it is now. It was from that was the first gay show like, and then blue one. Yep. <laughs> I think I auditioned for that show once, to be perfectly honest. It might but I, you probably it probably wasn't for me because they literally had the cast, but I think they actually went through two casts because they kept trying to do it and couldn't find anybody, you know, who was willing to do it. Because people were really like, you know, everybody was like that. Like, you know, they didn't want to do, you know, something gay. You know, it was it was too early. You know, the, you know, they felt like nobody was brave enough to do it. And a lot of actors wasn't brave enough to do it, you know. And so it was a different situation. So I think they, they went through two different games. Yeah, good times. Good times, I swear. So, what inspired you to blend the the authenticity of actual story with the engagement of uh, of explicit sex? Um, I'm just. I think one thing. I guess at the end of the day, I'm a business man. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, I like sex. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's not like some freaky situation in my head like oh yeah I want to do this no it's about business and it's about at the end of the day what sells um and I respond to what my audience responds to we did still how they responded to the episodes and what they talked about the most and what they wanted to see and um that's what it is and 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 one even when I when I came with the idea to do it it wasn't like it was something I invented I grew up on watching Oz and Queer's Folk and all the other shows on HBO and Showtime, and that's what they do, a dynamic storyline with one sex, one maybe two, but usually one sex scene an episode. And that's exactly what I didn't like, like I wasn't a brain mastermind to say no, I just did, I imitated what I had already saw, you know, being done. I always tell people that Signal 23, it wasn't that I was just the best director and the best writer. It was the fact that there was, it was an open lane and nobody was there. I was in a niche market. You know, who I am today as a creator is nothing like who I was. Like the stuff that I did, some of the stuff that I did back then, I can't even watch. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like it's so awful. But that's growth, and I'm a big person to grow. But yeah, so um, that's just what it was. It was just trying to give the audience what they wanted, what they responded to. You know, and even though people, you know, people some be so opinion, oh, all they do is sex. No, baby, all y'all see is the sex that people put on Twitter. You're not watching like that. You're you're watching the one two-minute scene, you know what I'm saying, that somebody has screen recorded and posted on Twitter because that's what they like about it. And you think that's all that we're giving, and it's not that all that we're giving. Like mm-hmm. literally season, each episode is an hour. It's an hour, it's, it's an hour of content. And you probably get maybe maybe you might some episode. Let's say you get two sex scenes. She's talking about six or seven minutes of sex out of sixty minutes. What's the, what's going on in the other fifty-three minutes? Content. But I'm glad that you answered it the way that you answered it because I was hoping that you would make reference to all of the other shows that we grew up watching. Like we all grew up watching the 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 queerest folks, the Oz's, the Skinamaxes, and all of the other things of the things. You know what I mean? So I I've never understood why there was so much excitement around you doing what every other cable network 
that does. I was just like, uh, okay. I'm like, I grew up watching Signal 23 before it was Signal 23. Like community, we, uh, our community can be like crabs in the barrel. And it's like, I think gay people are very creative. Mm-hmm. We have to navigate through some strange waters in life to be whole and to be who we are. So we are, we are literally, that's why some of the, some people in the gay community are literally the creative geniuses of the world. And I think that because sometimes people can be envious and they can say, oh, I can do this or I can do this better or whatever. People want to be opinionated about something. They don't have to be opinionated. Like just the other night, I had somebody telling me, so just basically giving, saying something that, that wasn't necessarily that needs to be said. Because I asked him, I said, okay, why are you telling me that? What did you saw? I just want you to know that I'm not no uh, yes type of nigga. I said, well, first of all, your opinion is very unsolicited. Second of all, somebody who's a friend who is dear to me. You know what I'm saying? And I kind of had to change a little bit. We can't spend time on talking about something we don't like. We have creative ability. You just do what you want to do. And if you want to be in competition, if I want to be your driving force to compete, baby, come on. I love a good competition. Do it. Do you. You do you and I'm going to do me. But you sitting in the in, in, in the in the back watching all my shit, continuing to keep my lights on, continuing to pay my bills, and talking shit makes no sense whatsoever. When you can pick up a camera, you can pick up a pen, and you can create yourself. Um, it's very taboo. It's very taboo. It's very taboo because even at the end of the day, uh, this season, the cover season is a lot, but um, <laughs> every day, what are you mad? Because even in, 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 in I was saying that until, and until this season of cover season, I was the single 23 sex, the story now, but. Even if we were doing real sex this whole time, why does it fucking matter? Because y'all watch fucking porn. That. What's the problem? Y'all watch bad acting and mediocre sex all the time. Why Why? Why are you mad that you're getting good acting and great sex? You don't get it. Like, it doesn't make sense. So yeah, so it, I mean, it is what it is. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's, I think it's I think that sometimes people are envious, people are quick to tell you what you, they think you deserve when they don't know your journey, they don't know who you are, or the perception of hearing things from other people that aren't necessarily true, and they want to take it and run with it instead of trying to figure out, well, who is this guy? And it's like, the thing about it is, God is very strategic on who he gives his blessings to. And I feel like sometimes people don't look at just faith and say he obviously has worked hard for what he's done to be able to get to where he is because half these people don't even know how hard, hard it is to even complete a project i can complete a project with my eyes closed but people don't even understand how difficult it is to to, to finish something you know but um, whew, 
there's some that's trust me i'm really this conversation is hitting me in such a different way because i'm relating to you on a whole different concept context because there's some things that i'm getting ready just to, to start doing that i'll talk to you about off camera but there like there's some things that i'm getting ready to to, to start doing and it's like you're validating the way that I'm going about it, and the and it's just, it's just making me feel like, whoo, child, you are, t you are you are touching my soul, child. I ain't know I had one, child. I was like, oh, is that what that is? I was like, oh my god, I feel things. Ooh, child, that's inspiration. I feel. Yes, God. Now, since you brought up cuffing season, oh Jesus. Let's get now, now, if you know anything about real reality realness, I'm not a messy show. I'm not a messy show, so you in safe hands. But are you all right? I want you to you be there. Be be what your audience needs you to be and what you think they want to see. Because I'm an open book, baby. You can ask me anything, and I'll tell you everything. You want to know what it feel like? I'll tell you exactly what it felt like. Well, T, um, what I do have written down on the on the page is I hear you mention in the trailer of the latest installment of Cuffing Season, how the fuck did I get here, right? How the fuck did you get here? Huh, so... Like, nobody's supposed to be here. Nobody, not me. <laughs> like, what happened? Running the show. Um, It was a situation to where every, and people don't know, this was always supposed to be the last season of Cuffing Season. Cuffing season um, and I do it because the fans love it. You know what I'm saying? It, again, keeps the lights on, pays the bills. But I had to challenge myself and say, Henderson, how can you be more creative to still do something and give them this, but be a little bit more creative to it? Because I am I'm always very cautious about the influence that we have on the young culture because I know that things that I learned about me being a bisexual male, I learned through television and through media because I didn't have anybody to talk to. And it's to the point to where I almost still don't have nobody to talk to. I'm still learning and trial and error. And, but some of the things that I did learn, I pick up on, I picked up from television. So, and I'm just explaining that to explain why I was like, oh, come to me, needs to be over. I need to transition into something else because I don't want people thinking that this is what, this is how it has to be to date. And I don't like the fighting and all that other stuff. People wanted me to do Bad Boys Club for years and I always said, no, I'm not doing that because I'm not going to put gay people in the house to fight each other for no reason so they can perpetuate the stereotype of who we are and who we aren't because that's not representation of who I am when I see myself. Nevertheless, how did I get here? Going to answer your question. Um, <laughs> every year sometimes it's just a lot of the Last year, Giovanni was amazing. He didn't give me no issues, he had no problems. He was a little uh, disconnected uh, as far as from the, the actual process, so which made the show a little different. Because um, he was very hands-off, you know, or whatever, compared to the previous seasons. And it just didn't give what Cubs did I say? Uh, we had a bachelor and um, I, I from like, I mean, you know, the person uh, who we had, he, you know, we were, we were cool and I think we were still somewhat cool. I think it's a little distance because it's kind of awkward right now, but I'm cool. But from just not reading your contract when you got it, 
45 days ago uh, saying, oh, I, didn't, I wasn't sure if we was filming, but my assistant reached out to you uh, prior to to say, hey, we just checked and make sure that you good if you have any questions because filming is coming up and you say, no, I don't have any questions. But then the week before, it's like, now it's all these issues and all these questions and all this other stuff. And I just, I, being a Virgo, I can pick up when somebody's going to be a problem. And I was like, this is going to be a problem. And so I automatically went into who the fuck can be this bachelor? And we went through so many names, through so many people. And the issue is we literally had 48 hours because we, our plane tickets for the contestants were already booked. Airbnb in Tennessee was already paid for. So everything is already lined up. So somebody has to sign this role. So um, I was going to pick, I was going to actually pick one of the contestants and just promote him to bachelor. And he didn't even know it. He still to this day don't know it. But what ended up happening is he's, he's this professional chef. He ended up getting booked to cook, to go to LA to cook for Zeus for Baddies West. And so he couldn't do the show anymore. And so I was like, damn. And the thing about cover season, whoever's a bachelor has to have a little bit of notoriety. Otherwise, it's just like, who is this person? You know what I'm saying? So this is me being absolutely transparent with you. So I have been single last year. Okay. Out of the 17 boys. I had already fucked seven. So somebody literally said, and and not all at the same time at all. This is just like, you know, throughout. And, it, and so what? Who gives a fuck? But. <laughs> and, 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 and at the end of the day, it's, it's crazy because that's part of the reason why they didn't show because I asked them to do the show. You know what I'm saying? When I was casting. So um, when I cast, <laughs> I did not know I was going to be the bachelor because I would have cast the show a whole lot different. Um, <laughs> that was gonna be my next question. <laughs> but I would have cast a show totally different if I would have knew this show was for me. And so it just somebody was like, bro, they was like, these niggas want you anyway, so why don't you just do it? I was like, what? And I laughed at it and kept trying to find, kept trying to find somebody. And then we sat down and I was like, y'all, am I about to be a bachelor of this show? And they was like, well, we told you that yesterday. And you just need to be okay with it. And I just took a sigh and I was like, run it. Let's run it. Because you know, it's like fans gonna love it. You know what I'm saying? They get to see a part of me they don't get to see. Um, the contestants gonna love it because they already here with me anyways. Uh, cause a few of them's gonna be trying to sneak to my room in the middle of the night anyway. So let's just let's just run it. Let's just give them a show. And when I tell you this is the best season of Cup of Season ever, and it's not because I'm the bachelor, it is because I am at a place to where I have healed from past trauma and I was really in a place where I was open for the potential to actually fall in love with somebody and meet somebody. Um and it was definitely people that I've already had history with. Some people I've had history with. Now, you know, a lot of people I didn't have history with, I kind of actually created bonds with as well. Um, and the crazy thing about cover season is every time I film cover season, I film cover season in four days. And we get 16 weeks of content. I film in four days. I am, this season of cover season is so good, baby. I still don't know who I'm going to pick and we are still filming. We still have three contestants and nobody knows. That's how good this show is. When it got down to the top three guys, 
the thing that I'm just, I just hope that people enjoy the show long enough to watch to the end because the magic that happens on camera, outside of the sex, but the magic of happens, what happens on the camera that shows dating and the gay lifestyle and literally, like literally, no shit, I am dating three people right now. I love that for you. In real life, like in real life, in a sense, you know what I'm saying? And it, you know, it's. I think that I'm hoping that I got to bring it to an end. We're actually about to film the final elimination uh, sometime in the next uh, week and a half here. Um, the, the guys just went and got fitted for their tuxedo um, Thursday. Yeah. They, they did their tuxedo spinning on Thursday. So it's, it's at the end. Don't ask me who the fuck I'm about to pick because I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. I think that they have an idea who they think I'm going to pick, but. I think that I, I, I'm a realist and I just feel like I could pick somebody for the cameras. You know what I'm saying? I could pick this person for the cameras, but then when I think about that and I think about realistic, and it's not that I feel pressured that whoever I pick, I got to be in a relationship with. No, like it's a show. But because of the bond and everything that we make, I want to be real and I want to be authentic. You know what I'm saying? So I've been making it work. Like, you know, and you know, I'm not gonna lie. Like, there's there's definitely people who have my heart right now. That's that's that's. I will give that. I will give that. But I mean, there are some things that I think that just really I've learned so much about myself dating wise because um, I was a late bloomer. I didn't date. I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was um, what 31 or 32 years old. So. I'm a late bloomer, so I'm still, I have still been learning how to be, you know, as far as I'm bi, but how to be gay. I'm still learning. How do I operate in a male-on-male relationship? How do I, you know, who is Henderson? And how, it's just crazy. The other day, because one of the contestants said something, we were out in the club, and no cameras, just out in the club, just chilling, making out, and he pulled back from me, and he was like, I don't want you to think I'm just gonna be 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 submissive. I looked at him like, nigga, what are you talking about? We drunk, like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, and he was like, I was like, I never asked you to be submissive. He was like, no, nah, but I just think submissive is being impromptu. And I was like, think he's talking. And I always tell him he talks in riddles. When you watch the show, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I asked one of my friends, I was like, bro, this nigga, like, what? Like, we in the middle of kissing and he talking about being submissive. I was like, what are you talking about? Like. Or whatever, and so my friend was like, um, "Well, maybe he's saying that he don't have a problem being submissive, but he wants you to be submissive too." And I said, "I said, okay, I guess if that's what he's saying." And I looked at my friend. I said, well, "What is that? What is that?" Because he don't know what that looked like, and it wasn't in a in a boastful way. Like I'm just this nigga. I understand yeah. know what being submissive to another man looked like. Because I don't, that's not something that I require in a relationship. That's not something that I feel like I need or I felt like I needed. And then literally, it's so crazy because after he said that, and, and he is probably out of, well, I mean, I'll say he's one of the most masculine ones on the show. And we had that conversation, he's been so submissive. And it's crazy. And so now I understand what it is because I'm watching it. And apart because somebody else told me, well, being submissive was, is like if 
go out, um, I'm gonna ask you like, hey, baby, is it okay if I go out? Asking on me if it's okay if I go out, I'm gonna say, hey, bro, I'm going out tonight. But if you know, you be like, hey, well, I'd rather us stay in, then I might say, okay, I can't go out. My baby want me to stay in, but I'm not about to ask nobody, can I do anything? And I just, I don't know if that was just a bad example of being submissive, but that was an example of many examples that people give me because for like a week, I kept asking all my friends, my gay male friends, like, what is being submissive to you in a man? What and it was like everything they were saying is like. I would never do that. I would never do that. Like, I'm very considerate, you know what I'm saying, of people's feelings, you know, in Virgo. So I've been double backwards, you know, but I've never, you know, do that. So it, it, saying all that to say, and I know I'm rambling, but to wrap yeah, up, it has been a, a an amazing learning experience, learning about who I am uh, in dating, learning about what I need, what I want, what my desires are, what I can deal with, what I can't deal with. Um, after my last relationship, I said that I wanted, I told the therapist that I want to possibly want my next relationship to be an open relationship, realizing that I don't know if I can do that because I'm too, not in a toxic way, but just like your mind, you know what I'm saying, type situation in a sense of hearing you or whatever. So it's it's been interesting. And, and, I, and I, I, I ultimately, I thank God. I hate to say thank God. But I definitely, I don't care. I think. <laughs> and whether I end up with one of these niggas for real or whoever the next nigga I end up with, I've learned a lot about myself and how to communicate what I need in a relationship. Um, and how to also, because um, I think a lot of times in gay life, gay relationships, we have this, everybody has this closet. usually takes something traumatic for us to open that door and let somebody in and what I've been learning how to do is I've been learning how to how to lay pillows down to let them feel comfortable to let them open up quicker because if you can do that then we can get past all of that and you can put that little boundary down and I can be able to figure out what the fuck you want to do sex is very surface you know what I'm saying yeah. And I, it is what it is. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. Everybody don't have one nice thing. It is what it is. You can have sex with mm-hmm. people ever again. You can, I've had sex with people, and I hate to say this, I've had sex with people I don't even know their name. You see this? <laughs> and I think that, so getting past that layer, you know, and getting in this person really is, um, it's it's gonna be interesting. I think that people are gonna enjoy it. It's moments, like I said, it's moments that I wish they were on camera that are not on camera. And I'm gonna try to talk about in confessions because literally, like I said, I've literally been dating. So like we've been hanging out, cameras now on my dates, cameras out. You know what I'm saying I'm really getting to know these people, and so it's been a journey. It's been a journey. I love that. So at this point, because I remember seeing your face in the trailer or like in the um, sneak peek when you came down those stairs. <laughs> it was the dissociation for me. Like it was, it was like, yeah. <laughs> if how the fuck did I get here was a person, it was your face in them. Like, it was like, you couldn't even look at nobody. It was like, you were like, it was like, you were talking to God, like how, 
Like this ain't really happening. Like I'm not. Like I think you like 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 I thought you were looking for the exit. Like how do I? Like 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 is the camera rolling for real? Like are we playing? Cause I can still change my mind, right? Like it looked like you were like you didn't know exactly what you just walked into. I was so nervous. I was nervous. I, I was. <laughs> I had already kind of convinced myself that I was going to do it and I was okay with it, but I was just nervous because I didn't know how it was going to be received because generally the 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 lead character, I mean, the Bachelor for Cup Season is some uh, former or current porn star sex symbol type situation or whatever that everybody wants to lust over. So I was just nervous because I did not know how it would be received overall. And I'm just like, and that was just that moment. That was the moment to figure out how these niggas about to feel. What they about to say, you know what I'm saying? Because that was the moment that was gonna decide how the show was gonna go. Yeah. So like, oh, I'm not interested. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it would've been a horrible ass show. Yo. <laughs> Yo. I. I would, yo, that's crazy. The thought of that, the thought of that. How hilarious. Okay, so with that being said and cuffing season coming to a close, how are you looking to exp- looking to expand Signal 23 going forward? Um, so I do have a new idea for a new dating show. I don't want to say it yet because I don't want to get stolen. Um, this more mature. Um, very uh, exciting concept. Um, don't keep people on the edge of their toes. Um, and I wish we could talk about it, but at the end of the day, I'm probably not going to do this until the fall, so I'm talking about it yet. Um, yeah, just you know, as far as you know, that ram of things, we are going to replace Cup Season with something else. <clears throat> so everybody keep telling me that after I do the season, the Cup Season, that the fans are going to demand another season. I'm not choice but to give them another season. But at this point, some season is good, the views are good. At the end of the season, see what happens. I'm hoping that I can migrate to the new date show and leave cover season in the past. Um but if it's something that we feel like we have to do that it's just a staple part of the brand then I mean I don't mess with nobody but myself so I like I gotta call nobody asking for permission to bring cover season back. Um but as far as the other content, just more dynamic content. Like, you know, you know, last year, uh, well, 2001 and 2022 is when we launched it, but 2001 is when I went to go filming. Like, I was able to go to Columbia, South America for um, two and a half weeks and film a whole year with uh, Spanish content to launch Signal Espanol. So we're expanding Signal Espanol and we're rebanding it to Signal International. We're going to Thailand to film uh, content in Thailand um, so we can start a Signal Asia brand. And um, we're going to do more content um, for the Spanish. We're going to shoot some stuff in DR and probably go back to Columbia a little bit too. So just raising, raising the bar with everything. Um, we, uh, one of our shows coming out, of course, went viral on Tubi. We have some projects on Tubi that we have basically licensed to Tubi. So it's still my stuff, still my work. I still own the rights to. Um, but uh, they're just for however long I want. <clears throat> so coming out did a great job so Tubi is actually um, started a conversation about wanting coming out season two exclusively but we were 
or shape to where it can still go on signal at the same time. Um, but um, but yeah, just more dynamic content, man. I got stories and movie ideas and shit in my head for years. Like literally, I just came up with a show, a movie idea today. And I just got stuff, you know, for years and years and years. I already know what the next five seasons of the Diamond Academy and what and what's the storyline of it. So, um, just like grow up, go back to the beginning of the conversation. Just grow and grow and signal, grow in the brand. Um, last year, well, just recently, um, last year was a ten-year conception. Uh, February twenty-third last month was a ten-year broadcast. So, two thousand February twenty-third, two thousand thirteen was the day that I started to broadcast to the point so that was our 10 year anniversary <laughs> and ultimately there was times man when I was in dark places dealing with signal where I didn't want to do it no more just because of dealing with some of the stuff that I know I didn't deserve and it's like how did I get here and it's like you're trying to help people and you're know, dealing with so much adversity um, and there was times where I did not want to do signal I wanted to stop and um, but I kept going you know, one, it's times I kept going because, hell, I hadn't worked a job in so long. It's how I paid my bills. It's like, now I got to keep going, you know. And then, one, because I found refuge and I found a way to find my happiness in single again. But what I will say after realizing that I've been doing this for 10 years, I don't know this because there's nothing else in my life that I've There's nothing else in my life that has benefited me the way this brand has benefited me. That has uh, enabled me to live my dreams and enabled me to do whatever my mind can think of as a filmmaker and creative. It is the biggest blessing somebody can ask for because I wake up every day and I can call anybody and ask them to green light anything. I come with a plan, I say I want to do it, I can do it, and I say I execute, and that's it. Um, so I have, like I said, just fallen in love with Signal all over again to the point to where <clears throat> I want to do this forever. I want to do this. I mean, you know, if I get opportunities to do projects on, you know, direct something on a big network or whatever, I'll do it. You know, just for the sake of my career, the signal is my heart. It's my baby, and I just I want to keep continuing to grow because I feel like ABC and NBC and, and HBO and Showtime, all these networks, they started from the ground. Like I started ten years ago. You know, so I feel like in twenty years, I'm going to do something that's total, even bigger. Like I mean. I really can pat myself on the back is I had a streaming network and work with Channel way before a lot of these hell before HBO and Showtime and BET BET Plus just came about I don't have yeah. you know what I'm saying I've had you know an app you know people can watch my content for six years you know what I'm saying so I'm ahead of the game so it's just about growing the audience that's what it is growing the audience um, and getting more exposure um, getting more subscriptions so the quality of the content can grow even more than what it actually is and we can actually compete with toe-to-toe with a P-Valley and you know what I'm saying and uh, you know whatever else out there that's mainstream they know that people watch because I know creative wise and talent wise I definitely have to where I can bring it over I can minimize it it's just all about having the resources to be able to provide things um, that you know needs to be done absolutely so with it being 10 years and you having all of the success that you've had so far, what's been the proudest production that you've been a part of so far? Which one is your favorite child, if you will? That is a hard question. 
Because if you asked me that a couple of years ago, I would always avoid with my family project. Uncle Joy meant so much to me to be able to tell that story because um, me, someone, you know, being HIV negative and always hearing horror stories and always on the outside um, and, you know, educating myself and learning that whole process, being able to tell that story was phenomenal. あの、ゲームさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさんにもさ
going to New York for the summer, but I'm going to live there for the summer. And I'm going to, I haven't decided if it's going to be present day or period piece, but I'm going to basically do a project called uh, Renaissance. Basically, it's going to be kind of like the gay life story of the Mexican blues through music poetry. So I still don't know if it's going to be present day or if it's going to be you know, period piece. Um, there's a lot of stuff for days that I just want to do. And that's just now. You talk to me in three months, I have a whole other list of stuff that I'm trying to do. Sometimes people don't understand because I get people all the time like, oh, I want to pitch an idea. You know, I don't take pitches for legal reasons because literally I just sat up here and told you probably like six different ideas. And so you may pitch something to me that may be somewhat similar to something I already got going on. So if I tell you no, but I still do my idea, then you think I took your idea and that wasn't the same case. So that's why I don't take pitches. The only way somebody can pitch something is if they're actually a part of a right team in a right club and they can do it in that say because now you work for the company you know and now i can be more transparent for you we have work relationship i can say oh you know i already have something like this and i can tell you you know what it is and i can trust you right but yeah so i i literally again i have movies and shows and ideas and stuff down to my whole entire life i can be 90 years old still Telling people what to do with it and still create stories. And I think coming on 10 years of Civil Community, I became extremely grateful to the LGBT community in a sense to where when I ran from trying to do this type of content because I was afraid and then actually to get the courage to do it and to welcome and open arms um, you know by the community accepted you know as far as you know my content my creativity to the point to where I have to live on so that this is a part of my purpose I must tell these stories so no matter what project I do there will often be a character who reminds me of itself in a sense, in every project I do. So even if I do a project that's not gay, I'm still going, I owe it to the LGBT community to continue to be inclusive to who we are in every piece of work that I do. It is, that is mandatory because that is my appreciation for the support that I have had over these 10 years, over this whole journey. That's my way, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like, okay, no, I got y'all. I got y'all, I'm gonna always got y'all. I got y'all for the rest of my life. But for the rest of the time that I'm here, I got y'all. I love that. That sounds like a brilliant stamp to leave on the industry. And I appreciate people who come into the game with that type of intention because it means that we're going to get quality content that we're going to be able to refer back to years later. Um, it's funny because I usually have that per that perspective about rappers, but it definitely applies to this situation. Um, now compare that to how you want to be remembered as a person, just in a general sense. What does that look like? I want to be delivered and I want to be remembered for as some person who dared to dream. Sometimes people are so, they are so afraid to dream. They're so afraid 
to walk out of faith and I want to be the leader that brings them in Not about um, taking to the store. I promise you, I'm with the big one in the store. Like, no, I said that I was going to build this company and I did it. I said that I was going to do this and I did it. Um, and basically showing people that, you know, from where I, where I came from, that you whatever you want to do, as long as you put your mind to it. As long as you put your mind to it. I've told people over and over again, people are like, I don't know how to get started. I said, get started with your mind. People doing skits on Instagram right now. With their How many people are making OnlyFans? People are making twenty and thirty thousand dollars a month, and they are fucking yeah, but they're fucking on their phone. So if they can captivate an audience with this lens, you can too. You can too. You have to start somewhere, and that's why I always tell people start. So yeah, I just want to be. I, I want to be the person that. Everybody's like, he, he dared to dream. And he, he implemented. You've definitely been that for me. Um, you were that for me before you 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 came on the podcast. That's really the reason why I wanted you to come on because you know there's some, there's some things that I'm getting ready to walk into this year and I'm getting ready to start doing my, doing myself and you know it's your story is truly connected to all of all of the things that I'm doing from finding a niche in a market that's already saturated to you know being an upstart and just going out and doing it on your own to becoming the people that you wanted to pitch to like all of those things have kind of hit nails on the head for me throughout this conversation and it's really felt validating to have the opportunity to talk to you today so thank you so much Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. Is there anything that you would like to share with my audience and I that I didn't cover in our conversation today? Uh, don't judge me for cuffing season. Uh. <laughs> you are going to see on that show, do not judge me. And I'm just going to be transparent because... I, I am not a person that, I, I do an edible every now and then, but I did take an XT pill that first weekend in that cabin. So I'm just gonna let you know, that's pretty I love y'all. I will continue to make the content that we need um, to continue to breathe air into our lungs and to make us wanna wake up and to make us wanna be okay, to let you know that you are not alone. I will continue to do that. I just ask you to not judge me. Watch this cover season. That's it. Just let me have my little whole phase in peace, child. Let me have my little whole phase in peace. Okay? And we outside. But we outside outside. <laughs> well, I love that for you. Congratulations on 10 years of perpetual success. Congratulations on the next 100 years of, of success that you will have. Congratulations on this last season of Cuffin' Season, about him, all the other projects that you, that you have coming up. And once again, thank you so much for being here. Before I release you back into the wild, <laughs> where can the people find you and all the things that you'd like to promote? 
Um, so obviously, I guess Signal23TV.com um, is basically where you watch any of my work. Uh, that is definitely the place that is the number one place. But as far as trying to follow me personally, catching my crazy lives, me cooking in the kitchen and all that stuff, um, you can definitely follow uh, the Instagram page, Mr23ATL. That's my personal page. Signal 23 Television is the business page. And then, of course, we circle back to the Virgo game. The Virgo game is the Virgo game's um, page. So just, and then, yeah, support. We have, I don't know, we have a new single that should be dropping any day now. I uploaded it to TuneCore. I feel like about a week ago, and it still ain't up there yet. So we should have, uh, it may be up now or may uh, drop on Monday. Um, but yeah, so just, you know, support, 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 support. We have um, the, we're going to do the tour again this year. Finally, COVID slows some things down, but we are doing the season finale tour for about him. It starts in D.C. Uh, for, for Pride Weekend in D.C., Memorial Day Weekend, and we will be going to about 16 different cities this year uh, from May, the end of May, all the way to a little bit after 4th of July weekend. So, Pull up in the nearest city and support. I love to see y'all faces. I love to talk to y'all about y'all favorite moments, about things that y'all like about the shows, some things you didn't like about the shows. And I, like, I love to engage in my audience because ultimately, like I said, I appreciate you guys. And I would not be who I am without you guys. And literally every day I wake up, I am doing what I love to do. I love that. That is so incredible. On that note, children, that has been our show. I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in, for helping me to facilitate this conversation. And I wanna extend a special, special thank you to my guest Henderson Maddox for blessing the podcast and turning this bitch out. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here again. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime, come back anytime. When you have new things drop, when you create new things, if you just want to come by and shoot the shit, let me know. Or if you need a host for something, I ain't gonna pitch nothing to you, but if you need a host for something, I, got I would you. love to audition. <laughs> I got you, I got you. I ain't above auditioning now. <laughs> now, with that being said, I want to remind all of you guys out there to be real, stay in reality, and always, always bring the realness. I am Brian K. James. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, I love all of you guys from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Keep the mess in the message. Be useful, but not used. And misbehave yourselves. Peace. Bye, guys. What's going on, everybody? Brian K. James here, and I'm so excited to let you know that this podcast is being brought to you in part by Outlander Media Network. Outlander's mission is to bring you the most exclusive alternative content from across the web, from the farthest reaches invading your space. 
We appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in and never want you to forget to embrace your inner outlander. I am Brian K. James, and this is Real Reality Realness.